Hello everyone, this is Tim. Welcome to the Connorson Thought Factory. It's been a little while, I know, but had a lot of issues. I'm finally out of New Jersey, back into New York City. And right now, I have a storage unit, and that's about it. Working to try to find some affordable housing, but um, until then, I am among New York City's homeless, which... It's kind of insane because, for one thing, the most important thing, uh, I've been walking around Manhattan and there's plenty of empty office buildings, plenty of empty retail space, and it's like that in every borough. There are plenty of empty um, living units in New York City. They always tell you it's a problem with demand. We just can't afford them. And there are empty hotels. But, again, um, New York City puts some people in hotels, but it's kind of expensive that way instead of just buying a whole hotel outright or doing something like that. So, um, that's the main reason why it's insane that I'm homeless. The second reason is that I don't have enough resources to, well, first of all, housing should be a human right. So I guess that's why I was getting at with the first reason. And there's plenty of housing for people. Second, I the only reason I don't have the resources is because I don't get the support. The podcast doesn't get the support. The um a lot of my other writings don't get the support. My educational work, which is starting to get a little support on one of my platforms, but doesn't get the support it should. When I look at people of other ethnic groups who are doing the same thing that I'm doing, they're making six to six thousand dollars a month on Patreon. Some of them are making a thousand dollars a month on Patreon, at least. I'm making five dollars a month on Patreon. It's my sister. And another platform is my other sister. And that's it. And um, at some point, we have to ask, the black community has to ask itself, um, do you want to continue to exist? Because if your brightest or some of your bright people or your thinkers are homeless, one of two things are going to happen. Some other community is going to come and say, hey, they shouldn't be living on the street. We'll support them. And then you lose your thinkers, what we call a brain drain, or your thinkers just die from homeless life. And if your thinkers die, the community dies. And when I, I know that's true because we're dying. <laughs> I mean, it's no coincidence that, and by the way, I'm going to say, I'm registered with one of the drop-in centers, which is like a shelter. They let you sleep there at night or try to find somewhere for you to sleep. But each night you have to go back and see what you can get. Um, they let you sleep there in a chair. They have about 12 chairs. They have to space them out because of COVID. Um, so they have a bathroom where you can clean up. Very nice place. A kitchen where you eat. They serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Very nice staff. 
Um, we'll see if they can help me find afford find affordable housing or not. Um, I spoke to the caseworker. I'm not very um, optimistic from my interview with this guy, but we'll see. Um, but the staff is nice, and you know, um, front door person, security people, things like that. And I, and I met a couple of of guys in there because there's a men's section, and a women's section. I've never seen a women's section, and. Again, I was online with a guy who, bright, bright brother. Again, why? I mean, these been. We're not talking about the worst of the worst. We're not talking about abusers. We're not talking about. I don't know what his, um, addiction. If he had any addictions or not. But, you know, you got to start wondering about how all of these men ending up in these shelters. Where's the community support? Where are all these kings and queens that are supposed to exist that I keep seeing on social media? Where are they? I mean, what are you kings and queens of? Uh, kingdoms and queendoms that are in shambles? I mean, really, it gets weird. So now... I think I'm going to be doing a lot of podcasts about my situation and as a way to show you what happens to homeless people. Um, and I'm with an agency. I'm not going to name this agency yet. But if they start messing up, I will start naming names and we'll start laying it out. Um, if they do well, I'll name names and lay it out. So that they can help other people. Um, I'm not going to send anybody into a hellhole, into a trap. So that's not going to happen. Uh, so I don't um, know. You know, I lost my train of thought there. But I don't know what's going to happen in the next few days or next few weeks. But I'm supposed to find out. By April 9th, which way my case goes, one way or the other. And then we'll see. So, I was, that's what I was going to say. I was very shocked that on the first day I went, I was accepted in and um, processed. Because in the past, I hadn't been processed and I figured there's more homeless people now than there were. But maybe COVID's trying to force people in the city to take people off of the street. So we'll see. Um, again, I just wanted to say um, the storage unit is, is, is gives me some sense of stability. No, you can't live in it. But it's a place to return to. It's a place I keep clean. It's a it's a place where I can still continue to run my businesses. One of which is virtual. Now this store, this that's what they want. This this shelter, this drop-in center, does allow me to bring my laptop. So that's a good thing. They don't allow me to use the Wi-Fi. That's a bad thing. But there's a free Wi-Fi in the Brooklyn Public Library system. So I have that. I can't bring books into this thing. 
or magazines or newspapers. They're very strict. Um, they check your bags and everything for drug paraphernalia. You can't bring any sharp objects. I don't know if I can bring a pen and pad to do writing. I think I just have to use my laptop. So that's probably why I was processed because it's a very strict place. No yelling, no arguing. You get kicked out. No violence. Um, but the day there, I did see somebody that was frustrated. Um, and he was kind of talking to himself. So I guess he's trying to stay out of trouble. So that's, you know, that's what's happening. You know, just mumbling to himself about because of his clothes, not in a mentally ill way that, you know, they're not going to pay for his stuff. And he's looking at his stuff and making sure it's all there. There's a section where you can leave your bags, but they tell you on the form, keep your bags with you at all times. They're not responsible for it, of course. So this is the situation we're in and it just blows my mind sometimes. And I know it shouldn't because I'm always, my mind's always into this stuff. But when you see it, and I always know that, especially in the black community, it seems like the most decent people suffer the most. And I know that's by design. I know that's systemic. And when I see the type of men that are in shelters and the type of men that are succeeding, I'm like, oh, man, you know. And one of the things, if you wanted to stop systemic racism, one of the things white people could stop doing, stop hiring blockheads and um, black men that will let you say or do anything to them and hire some decent people, hire some bright people. We may not let you run over us. Um, but if that makes you uncomfortable, then you have to check out what's wrong with you. Now, I've always been one to say white institutions have the right to do whatever they want. But if you are a person who's in charge of something, if you are a white person who does the hiring, hire some brothers and sisters that stand up for themselves. Because what ha- what's happened in the community is the knuckleheads have you you white people will give the knuckleheads the spot the slots in the white institution and everybody else in the community says well i have to be a knucklehead to get the slot yeah that person's conscious yeah that person's smart but they ain't got nothing and the black community doesn't support them so i really don't have no shot so i got to be a knucklehead to get through Um, And one of the things that they don't realize, a lot of our young people don't realize, is that knucklehead in that slot, he's going to be there for, well, they don't really stay for 30 years anymore, but they're going to be in that slot for a while. They're not going to give you the slot. They're not extra slots for knuckleheads. There's a few slots, and they give it to knuckleheads, and it's closed until that person dies or um, finds something else somewhere else. They may pay a little bit more or... Give them maybe a little bit title or whatever the case may be. So one of the things that you could stop if you wanted to be deal with in, with equality is give conscious black people work. Um, I'm 50 almost, so I don't know if that's going to be good enough for me. I think I'm done and my back is bad because I had surgery in 2010, spinal surgery. 
But I mean, it would be a nice thing to see if, you know, the young people coming up, the young black people coming up, the conscious ones, the bright ones, the thinkers, it would be nice to see them getting the work and not the knuckleheads or the blockhead. Um, I don't have much more to say. I just wanted to drop in and tell you all what was happening. I didn't drop off the planet yet. And um, I think podcast is one of the few things that I'm going to be able to do on a regular basis. So again, I'll be doing them. Um, and I hope you, you will enjoy them. And I'll be talking about my homeless issue, what's happening in New York City. There's a mayoral race going on. There's a primary happening and then there's going to be a race. <clears throat> I'll be talking about that in terms of the homeless issue. Now, I know the candidates are talking a lot. Andrew Yang is the front runner. And what he wants to do is he wants to shore up NYCHA, New York City Housing Authority. Um, he wants to shore it up, get it in working condition. And I'm pretty sure he wants to do some kind of form of, of universal basic income because that's his thing. And that would be very beneficial to us. And um, I look forward to that. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to let you all know. I am safe. I am pretty healthy. I stopped eating meat long ago. So, you know, um, I overdosed on the salad. So I, you know, I got to regulate. Um... Mixed nuts is what I mean. Walnuts, um, almonds, um, Brazilian peanuts. I've been eating a lot of that for protein, fruit. And I get these bag salads with the uh, sauce and everything. This bag salad kits. And I just dump the sauce and everything in the bag, shake it up. And you can eat it like that. Plastic forks is, is, is another thing that I use. So... That's been how I've been making it so far. It's been a light week because, again, I've, I've been able to... I've had a place to stay the last couple of weeks. Um, and... Um, but I'm going to be primarily in the shelter. I'm going to be primarily in the shelters coming soon, in the next few days. So we'll see. And if the shelters are not good, then I mean, because sometimes what happens is, and I know people say, hey, man, I don't understand why people want to go in shelters rather than want to stay on the train or the subway rather than shelters. And you got to think sometimes you're closed in. And in this place, once they lock the door, you can't get out. And it has plenty of exits and all of that. But when you're with men who are on edge and... Yes, we're decent, but we've been stripped down to we don't have a place, which is a very unnatural state to be in. When you have men that are in that condition, in that space, um, even though this place cuts down on that kind of violence, it could happen. Right. It tries to subdue that, but it could happen. And. You don't know where to fly off. So far, I've never had any problems with anybody. Because at the, at the beginning and the end of the day for me, we're human beings. All of us. And yes, I'm frustrated that I'm in the situation. 
But in my mind, I'm always thinking of the we, and none of us should be there as far as I'm concerned. These things shouldn't exist. Homeless shelters, drop-in centers should not exist, especially when you have as many empty apartments and homes in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Well, New York, New Jersey especially. Um, so I, I think I think that way. We'll see what happens. We'll see what it'll be like going forward. And um, I'll keep in touch with you all. And we'll still continue to talk about the issues. I don't want this to drown out everything because there's a lot going on. It's a mayoral race. There's a president who may or may not know where he is on any given day. And uh, we need to deal with some of that. Um, like I said, I'm walking around and seeing a lot of empty spaces, a lot of empty buildings. So there's an empire that has collapsed. It is in transition to build something new. And what does that mean? What does that mean for us? What are you going to do with us? Your bottom 10%. We know your top 20, 30, 40% are doing okay and well. What are you going to do with your bottom 60%? Because no society can sustain itself when the bottom 6% is deeply impoverished. Or impoverished at all. So those issues are going to be coming up. I can't really watch film. Well, actually, in the shelter, they do run films and television shows or whatever the case may be. So maybe I will be able to do that. Um, they do allow me to use my lap, but then there's no Wi-Fi, so I don't know. But um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I'll keep you in tuned. And it should be exciting, if nothing else. And um, hopefully not too traumatic. Hopefully no one gets hurt. And me and the rest of the brothers and the sisters that are in there get some shelter. Some permanent shelter. So until next time, take care of yourselves. Be safe. And if you want to support this podcast, you can make direct donations or become a sponsor. I'll be talking to you. Take care.